0: What's up, guys? I'm Mike. He's Ryan. This is Eggs. No, I'm Ryan. He's Mike. He's done too many in a row. It's my turn. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> this is this is Eggs. This is this is Eggs. This is this is this is Eggs.
1: Get all the get get all the eggs.
0: Anyway, hey everybody, welcome to the show. Big day for us. Uh, we're really excited. We uh, are getting ready to do an interview uh, with maybe our uh, our biggest celebrity to date. Uh, she's a, a young lady named Gina Grad. A lot of people know her from the Adam Carolla podcast. She's one of the co-hosts on the Adam Carolla podcast, and uh, also she is on uh, radio station in Los Angeles one hundred three uh, one hundred point three The Sound in Los Angeles on the uh, classic rock morning show and uh anyway the it's kind of interesting how this story came together, how we ended up getting this uh
2: this thing going well, remember uh, I don't know like second or third episode we were talking about you know how you would just hit up anyone like you had zero shame about like right. You know. Okay, well, let's see if we can get in touch with this guy. Yeah. She she liked a photo that we posted on Instagram.
0: Yeah, so basically, right. you know, a few weeks ago we were talking on the show about this uh, Adam Carolla Master's Podcast Mastery Program, whatever it was called, uh, uh, put on by Podcast One and all the stuff that I went down to California. You went down there and did, for that. And- went down to this uh, event, and basically Adam Carolla spoke to you for eight hours on how to podcast and sort of what's worked for him, what didn't work, you know, and, and that sort of thing. And so, uh, so while I was down there, I took, you know, was snapping photos and things for our social media purposes and stuff like that. And one of the pictures I took featured Adam Carolla and his two co-hosts, Bob Bryan and this Gina grad. So what happened is, uh, after I posted that photo, we got, you know, some thumbs ups and some likes and stuff from, uh, from different people. But one of the people that liked it was Gina grad. And, uh, so, you know, we thought that was pretty sweet. You know, I mean, we got sort of somebody that's known and she took the photo. Well,
2: and- the the cool part about it was she lo- not only liked the photo, but then she had the audacity to ask us if she, she could use it. Yeah, I right. Mean, like, how dare she? Yeah, like a real
0: professional. She asked <laughs> if she could use our photo for something. She liked yeah. the photo that I took and she asked if, if she could use it. Yeah. Which, you know, was, I mean, pretty props, stand up. Props really- to
2: her, actually, because, you know, most people would just jack the photo and you'd see it floating around on the Internet, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, kind of a generic photo. It was just the three of them framed up on stage and, you know, easily could have not asked for it.
2: Yeah. And of course we kind of took that as a,
0: yeah. Well, yeah, basically she DM'd me and said, Hey, you know, I'd really like to use that photo. Do you mind? And, uh, you know, I sort of took that as an opportunity to have a conversation with her. So, you know, but I tried to play it cool. (laughs) I, uh, I didn't jump on it right away. You know, of course I said, yeah, you know, go ahead and take the image, but I didn't ask her to be on the show right away. I sort of let that ride for a minute and, uh, maybe, I don't know, a week or so later I got on the, uh, in- Instagram again and, and I had seen her DM and so I was just like, you know, what the heck, you know, let's just, let's ask her, you know, um, I, I had made a joke, you know, when she asked for the photo, you know, Hey, you know, yeah, you can use the photo, but you'll have to come on the show. Wink, wink. And, uh, and actually we, uh, I, I pitched our show to her and Adam Carolla and everybody at the event. So she kind of had an idea. So about she'd at least yeah. heard of it. Kind oh, of. that was. Would- <laughs>
2: 80 other different. Yeah, once ideas. I reminded
0: her. I think I was number 62 of 62. And so uh anyway, uh so it was kind of interesting how it all came together. Anyway, she agreed to do the show and uh we tried to set this up I don't know, two or three weeks ago actually. But um but it, we weren't able to work it out. We couldn't align schedules and things like that. You know, she's busy with the morning show and the Corolla show and everything else and so uh, we kind of kept on her, kept you know, just asking every you know few days or whatever. I would just drop her a little note, hey, you know, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And uh, and finally, we uh, agreed on a date and a time. And so, uh, anyway, she uh, is really well known personality in the broadcast world. She's done a lot of interesting things, and uh, and I think mm-hmm.
2: she'll be a fun interview for One us. One of the cool things I think she's done is is uh, she's Rose on Street Fighter. She did the voiceover yeah, for Street Fighter Four. So and, anyway, uh, we'll be
0: sure to ask her about that, but she ought to be calling in anytime. This is also a, a milestone in our podcast in that this will be our first like phone call.
2: Yeah, that's going to be interesting because um trying to capture the audio is is fine because you're taking the headphone out on the, the phone, but then getting the audio into the phone is tricky. So it's like we're we're trying to we've got the phone set up where the actual speaker on the phone will pick it up. So hopefully she doesn't have any issues hearing us. Um, Yeah. yeah, So it's it's a first. We'll see how this goes.
0: So anyway, yes, it's a, it's an eggs premiere exclusive something. What other uh, adjectives you want to assign to this, but it's our first uh, live interview or radio or a telephone interview uh, with somebody you know kind of famous yeah we we
2: normally use uh zencaster yeah we've is... used
0: zencaster to do our other interviews uh by now you've heard anderson blue you've heard uh, will truren and uh and all that was sort of handled in a different way a much easier way actually and uh but due to gina's circumstance she she had to do it by phone so we're giving it a go we'll give it a good old college try and see what happens
2: so i guess uh without further ado yeah here's gina yeah All right.
0: On the line, we've got Gina Grad. Uh, as we talked about before, she's known from uh, the Adam Carolla show, the uh, 100.3 uh, The Sound in sunny Los Angeles. She's on the Classic Rock Morning Show and, uh, you know, known from various other places. But anyway, we uh, have her on the line, and we'd uh, like to get to know her a little better.
2: So you were uh, you're born in Portland, and you moved to Kansas. Uh, how old were you when you moved there?
3: I was two, so I have... No recollection of living in Oregon except for the vivid uh, pictures that my dad paints of of now-famous family stories, but I really don't know how much of that I actually recall.
0: Well, so how did your family wind up in Kansas City? I mean, I I can't think of two places more different than (laughs) than, than the kind of weird you get in Portland and the kind of weird you get in Kansas City.
3: Well, it will make sense once I explain it. We weren't we weren't army brats, but almost uh, followed that logic because my dad uh, is was in news forever and um, the sports announcer. So we would move from market to market, you know, whenever he would get a bigger job in a bigger market. So they started out. My parents started out in. An, Carbondale, Illinois where they met at uh, Southern Illinois University and then they moved to San Antonio and then they moved to Portland and then we moved to Kansas City and then my dad moved to LA so it's you're just sort of you know accepting bigger jobs in bigger markets.
2: So you're pretty much an army brat with a twist. <laughs>
3: It, yeah, with a twist,
0: right. Right. Yeah, no, it's funny, because my only real experience in Kansas City is, uh, I, I'm from Idaho originally, and I was out there, I used to work in the music business, I used to tour manage some bands, and we played our first night of tour at the Beaumont there in Kansas City. And uh, Yeah, right? I, I don't even know if it still exists, this was years ago.
3: Wait a second, wait a second, were you like a sort of like country band?
0: No, no, I was tour manager, and we were kind of like hip hop Kind of thing. It was uh, a yeah.
3: Beaumont. Interesting. Yeah.
0: And I mean, God, this had to be 10 years ago. But anyway, my big memory is not only the name of the club, but we also, uh, or I was asked on more than one occasion if Mormons have horns because uh, oh out God. here in Idaho, we have lots of Mormons. And so uh, <laughs> that was the big trivia item for me. So it's my memories right, of Kansas like, City.
3: <laughs> between you and between the horror stories that Adam and Dr. Drew have of playing Kansas shows, I just want to apologize for my people. (laughs) They are my people. I will own this and I will take responsibility for all the dumb stuff that keeps happening to people in my state.
0: Perfect. Well, and if I remember right, though, so you're the Kansas City, Kansas side, right? But the other half's in Missouri. Correct. Yeah. So we can always just dump the, the the, the bad stuff on Missouri if we have to.
3: Well, Missouri. If you're actually downtown, it's <laughs> a little piece of trivia for you. Uh, Kansas City, Kansas, and Kansas City, Missouri, are separated by State Line Road because we're super creative with our names. <laughs> so you could straddle both states at the same time. So we were. So Kansas City, Missouri, is very posh and fancy. Kansas City, Kansas, is usually what you see on cops reruns.
0: Oh, fantastic. OK,
3: but I'm from I'm out in the burbs where, uh, you know, all the malls and uh, all the, the beige houses are.
0: Perfect. Well, hey, I think by and large, folks know you as a broadcaster, but I know that that wasn't sort of your calling at first. How did you wind up in broadcasting?
3: no. no clue um actually yeah i i was a theater major and theater was all i ever cared about and all i did was take acting classes and singing classes and dancing classes and and everything that related to sort of a, a theatrical life and i think i loved the theater more than it loved me so i was in new york for a while and i was doing some stuff and i loved it um ended up coming out here and I just fell into a retail job on Rodeo just to make ends meet while I was auditioning and doing all this stuff and realized that... I was going to wrap my car around a streetlight if I didn't get out of this job. It just it wasn't for me. It wasn't my calling. It wasn't where I was supposed to be anymore. I was there for you know three or four years. And I finally had an emotional breakdown in the parking lot out back in the alley of Rodeo and called my dad, who was um, who had been very established out here on the radio at that point, and said, I-, "I need your help. I don't know what to do. I don't know what you can do. If there's any way you could beg someone to just interview me, for a job, I'll take it from there. I, I, I just can't do this anymore. So he got me an interview at uh, KLSX 97.1, which was the big uh, Southern California talk station out here, which Howard Stern was on in the morning and eventually Adam. And long story short, I interviewed in a business suit and like an accordion folder because I was desperate, <laughs> uh, way overdressed. Completely and, not
1: radio.
3: Um, <laughs> right. And because of the aggressive nepotism, Um, From my dad uh, getting me into this interview, I was awarded the glamorous job of being an overnight phone screener for um, block programming, which is like um, pay to play, you know, like uh, the colon hour. And then also doing (laughs) their, um, their, community service show. So it was very glamorous. Um, yeah, if, yeah,
0: if our show was a little <laughs> more sophisticated, I'd have some sound effects and glitter and you know, we're, we're not exactly. there yet. Exactly.
3: <laughs> yes. So I started, um, I, I, phone, I was a phone screener on the weekends overnights, and I kept my job on Rodeo and I was doing stand up comedy and I eventually got, to do uh, a weekend show on Sundays in San Diego, so I was working about sixty hours a week on rodeo, doing stand-up comedy at night, doing this on the weekends, and driving to San Diego for the day on either Saturday or Sunday—I can't remember—to um, do the weekend that show.
0: Knows that drive? It's murder. It's, it's only supposed to be two lucky, hours, you but can it takes do it an eternity. In, yeah,
3: about two and a half, three hours. Wow. It was—it was brutal. So, and then I would come in at night. Um, and sort of practice in an empty studio, and eventually Tim Conway Jr., who was also on the station, needed a producer and said, "Who is that girl that's always in there talking to herself? Well, she seems like she's a hard worker."
2: <laughs> she's just crazy.
3: So, right, he's the yeah, best. He's like he's one of my favorite people. He's the best. So when uh, when I I actually was having another life crisis quarter life crisis and i couldn't keep up the schedule anymore i was getting sick all the time i got t-boned in an intersection badly oh, wow. um in uh, in beverly hills i was basically laid up in my house in what felt like traction and i got a call saying do you want to go be on the tim conway jr show and i couldn't turn my neck but i was like yes <laughs> so I'll so right there.
2: is this is so this another is this another you know, you accident? No, you can't
3: take it one more second. Yep.
2: Okay, so, like, I, I was listening to uh, a YouTube thing that you had about rolling your car and landing on your oh, tires. Oh,
3: that, yeah, that was a different one.
2: <laughs> okay. I, I just, okay, I was just so If we're learning anything, it's keep Gina
0: out of the car. I was going to say <laughs> Yeah, that, you no, know,
3: make sure my seatbelt's yeah, on. Yeah, I was
0: going to say, if you've got to get T-boned, I mean, Rodeo's probably not a bad place for that. I mean, you know.
3: It wasn't, it, it certainly wasn't that their car certainly cost more than mine did, but, um. <laughs> What you're talking about is I went home to be in a friend's wedding, and long story short, I was on my way to the wedding. I got sort of run off the road by the car next to me. I don't know why they jerked the wheel. I don't even know if they were aware of it. I hit the median and flipped the car.
1: Oh, goodness. And
3: um, every, you know, all the cars, this is how you know you're in Kansas, because all the cars stop and Everybody gets out of their car and runs and makes sure you're okay. In L.A. they just drive by. In
0: L.A. they go around you. Right.
3: And uh, the (laughs) the first responders came and and put me on the bed thing. And, of course, I had no insurance. And I was just a mess, just constantly trying to make ends meet. Um, I got to the hospital. The doctors could not figure out how I was not hurt. gave me, a, I think, two Advil sent me on my way. And I hobbled down the aisle that night. as a <laughs> I got very lucky. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, clearly. So I think, you know, it, it seems like you've touched a lot of different parts of sort of radio programming, you know, from phone screener to producer yeah. to on air talent. I mean, yeah. as, a, as a drama major, you know, I, I suppose uh, your preference is to be on air. But I imagine each, uh, yeah. you know, do you have a preference on air personality versus behind the scenes? Or, uh, you know, because I imagine each has its challenges.
3: You know, that's a really good question. It, it's not as obvious as well, to me, but it probably <laughs> isn't as obvious to everybody. Um, I think what what I was meant to do and what I was meant to sort of cultivate and share, you know, in, in my go around uh, in my lifetime is to is to really figure out who I am, what my perspective is, and share it with as much, I don't know, Love and humor is possible. I think that's I think that's why I'm here. So for me, being uh being on air is is home. It's where I'm supposed to be. However, I have basically no life skills. So <laughs> when I uh, got started in producing and then was producing a huge show at a huge news station out here, TFI um, and. And, you know, having all this background experience is not something that I ever would have known inherently. I have earned my place as somebody who, you know, can schedule things and book things and organize things and, and write things up for the talent and do all this stuff. And now it's just made me, I think it's made me a better on-air personality because when I ask myself, you know, what can I contribute to the show today? A lot of that has to be prepped. It needs some production. And now, you know, it's a, it's a skill that I acquired through a lot of hard work, a lot of mistakes. And although I'd rather be on the air, I am so grateful for the time spent being a producer.
0: Well, yeah. And I guess, I mean, you know, from the radio that I listen to, and I listen to a lot of podcasts, different radio shows, it seems like this is sort of the trajectory for, you know, for on-air talent also, that you kind of work your way through the ranks. But it seems sure. like, the, like the life of a radio personality is, you know, kind of a hard thing to navigate. Like, in general, it's not the most stable work
2: of all time. It seems
0: like, you know, from day to day,
2: you may what? not know. Well, yeah, and uh, you were on 97.1 when it was talk radio, and then you switched to pop format, right? So I Yeah, mean, like, sort of the,
3: the woodstock of uh, talk radio days.
0: Yeah, so can you talk about working your way kind of through the ranks? You know, do you have any, you know, crappy jobs, fun funny stories, you know, things like that? I mean, of course, overnight call screeners, about as bad as it gets,
3: but... It was pretty bad. Um, God, there's there's so many that they're all kind of trying to rush through the door at the same time, which of course means that I can't think of one. Yeah, but it was just, I mean, I okay, here you go. Um, I have also learned, now being an adult, that um, every once in a while, I'll give myself that, every once in a while I'm allowed to say no, which I did not realize uh, when I was first hired to Thank do radio. Thank you for
2: not saying no to so, us. Yeah,
3: that's. That was that was a non-starter. me saying that. So, I will never forget uh, producing and phone screening and doing the news uh, for Tim Conway Jr. and, and at the time Brian Whitman. So It was the Conway and Whitman show at night. I'm going to blast. Um, and I of course was made to do the news every night, like Robin Quivers, because that was the only way he'd let me do it <laughs> <next> <laughs> a year. And yeah, one heard your night impression. they decided, it's really good. "Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it, <laughs> and I'm happy to do it anytime." So. Um, The Tim and Brian, and then we had uh, Jerry, the board up, and Randy, the producer, who's still one of my best friends. And they're big guys. So because Tim and Brian like dumb stuff, they wanted to know, quote, how much show we had at night, meaning we all had to get on a – strip down to our underwear, get on a scale, and then add up how much show is the Conway and Whitman show. (laughs) At the time, I was – super cute i uh, i was just tiny and i was just you know just it was it was before like really being an adult fit in um physiologically <laughs> and i was asked hey gee i mean you you know yeah you one of us or you're not now i can understand that 10 years later um that would be i would i would probably own multiple stations if i told anyone that i was asked to take my clothes off and get on camera <laughs> and get on a scale
2: not quite but the same I as it used to be
3: i was like is that what you guys really want OK, so I remember taking my pants off and I had purple underwear on and a pink polo shirt, apologizing profusely to my father, who was working upstairs at the oh, time in the no. news station, getting on the scale, turning around, giving a big thumbs up and all the time being like, pretty glamorous this is the radio. Um, so, yeah, I've done a lot of I've done a lot of stuff that at this point I'd probably be like, yeah. You <laughs> sure I, uh, I can't pull rank in any way? But I, have, as Adam Kroll would say, I had grit, yep. I had determination, and no, nothing and nobody was going to take this job away from me. And yeah. if you were doing it, I was doing it. That's awesome.
0: Hey, I, I wanted to ask you this is maybe a little bit of a, a caveat or a gear switch, but I wanted to ask you about your time on the Young Turks. And the, the only reason sure. specifically with the Young Turks is because I actually have some background with them too. I oh, uh, really? I uh, built their first professional website uh, right after they launched their the live show on Sirius no uh, way. Yeah, at, world. yeah, at the time they were the only live radio show on Sirius radio, and I got Sirius like within a month or two of the dish launch uh-huh. And so I was on board really early and they were the first live show and I was doing a, a road trip from Idaho at the time to San Diego and listened to their show the whole way and really got into their show. So I, uh, offered wow. some of my services. I, I run an advertising agency, so we work in advertising and marketing. And even, right. even back then I was doing that. And so I, I offered to build a website with them. So I just wondered what your experience was. I mean, I had, I had nothing but positive things to say about them, but I wondered, you know, what it was like working for such a highly political program versus sort of an entertainment comedy thing. Cause with a background yeah, it's in stand up and completely things like that, two different things. it seems like it would be a little different.
3: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so Ben Mankiewicz, who's one of the founders of the Young Church, is a good friend of mine. And actually, I met him through my other dear friend, Teresa Strasser, who's like my sister, and um, so because they have been friends forever. So I met Ben, and we, you know, that's where I learned about the Young Turks when they were literally, and not literally. Gina, stopped doing that. You're not. <laughs> they were figuratively in a broom closet. Basically, it was this tiny, teeny little studio, in, you know, on Wilshire.
1: Yeah, I remember and, the Wilshire um, Studio actually.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was it was teeny tiny. And so I've kind of, you know, every time I filled in, it's, it's always at a new uh, building. So I have to make sure I have the address because I never know where they're going to be. Right. But um, I politically, uh, you know, I was also a lot young. You know, this is, God, how long ago? Ten, eight, nine, something years ago. Seven. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a while back. And um, so I shared a lot of, not only did I share a lot of their political views, but I was still learning who I was uh, from a political point of view, and I was happy to listen to anybody who I still I still am. So um, you know, just being sort of you know liberal leaning and whatever, and coming from that background, and it just it wasn't it wasn't a hard fit. Um, and I well, also they did a lot of fun you know human interest stuff, and I always love yeah, chiming no, in on I, that.
0: I always really uh, appreciated like jinx's uh, sense of humor and, and uh, their producer over there, Dave Kohler. I don't know if you if you knew him. Oh yeah, Laves no, they're all great so, guy. I mean, They're, they're, they're so fun. Super cool guys. Yeah, they're great. And uh, so
3: now doing, and I, you know, go on every once in a while and, you know, doing Adam's show, which, you know, they're just very different. Um, I, when I go to the Young Turks, not only, sometimes do I agree, sometimes do I disagree, but because I'm not there every day, I think that when I'm on, I can offer maybe a little bit of a different perspective. And I've, I, I know this sounds naive, but I truly don't understand how people with different um, political leanings from somebody else use that as a reason not to like someone not to yeah. be friends with them to you know lose my number I, I've just never understood it I'm friends with let's, let's just say a wide swath of people who yeah. see the world differently. And I pride myself on that.
0: And well, Yeah. And I mean, so I suspect going, in entertainment, you know, it's normally pretty, you know, or known as pretty, pretty liberal. And, uh, you know, when I started right. listening to the Turks, they probably weren't as hard edged as they are no, now. They were no, much I don't more it even. Way. And, uh, yeah, and I mean, maybe. I think they're still, you know, relatively even like they'll hear, hear both sides, but they were really good about that back in the day. And and I think as a young person yeah. then also, you know, uh, much older now, but as a young person back then, Yeah, me um, so, you know, that, that yeah, really I think spoke you're to right.
3: Me. But because I because I was so, you know, I was friendly with them and still am. And if I'm if you're my friend, I automatically respect you and, you know, want to listen to you because you're my friend. So we can have, you know, great discussions. We can have some debates and we can throw in jokes in the middle of it. And we walk away and there's no hard feelings because there doesn't have to be. And, you know, we just, whether it's, you know, a really, really right-leaning wing guest or a really, really left-leaning guest, because I, I think I'm somewhere in the middle, I want to understand your perspective. We may or may not end up agreeing, but I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah, I think that, I mean, it seems that that's where more people are heading nowadays. It's sort of that somewhere in between. We're neither one way or the other, but yeah. Somewhere there's, in the there's middle. so many. Boy, I hope you're right. Yeah, Lord willing.
3: I mean, left. I mean, hold on. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so one of the, my favorite things about this show, and I don't know if you remember uh, from the podcasting masterclasses, uh, I was number 62 of 62 to pitch you guys. And uh, I think everyone was uh, toast by then. Um, One of my favorite aspects of our show is that uh, we like to sort of talk about the process of getting from A to B or sort of, you know, the show's called eggs, but we use egg as an egg as a metaphor for your goal or your company or your whatever your target is. We like to sort of talk about the process of growing your egg from coop to table, more or less. I love (laughs) that. and, uh, And so one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is can you speak to your experience, like sort of climbing the mountain and positioning yourself to where you needed to be to accomplish what you'd set out to do? And what I mean is that you had a, a, an opportunity or have had and continue to have an opportunity to work with a number of sort of your quote unquote radio influences, the Tim Conway's, the Mark yes. Thompson's, the Adam Carolla's of the world. Absolutely. And in my mind, it's not just dumb luck, you know, or the secret, like you didn't just will it right. into the world. You actually went out and did something. Oh,
1: hell no. And so
0: can, yeah. you, can you speak at all to that? Like for, you know, our listeners or people who are trying to work their way through something or sort of process, you know, move their goal along, you know, can you speak to, to finding your sure. way and achieving goals at all?
3: Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting because, and I know this isn't what you're asking, but just as sort of contrast when people say, I want to do what you do, like give me the cliff notes and I'll see you there in five minutes. it's It doesn't bother me like, you know, how dare you? Do you know how hard I've worked? Do you know what I've sacrificed? It's just, it's frustrating because if I could give the cliff notes and pretty much guarantee somebody would be where they'd want to be, first of all, I'd be a multimillionaire. But the way, especially I think in in artistic industries, but I'm sure it's everywhere. I just don't have as much experience anywhere else. Um, it's so specific. Everyone has their personal story for a reason. There's no, you know, well, I believe it's time for a promotion. I mean, it just doesn't work that way in this industry. So while, you know, while I wasn't working and doing this full-time, I had, a, you know, multiple full-time jobs. Um, I, this was basically like, you know, when it says like at a boxing gym, like, and I'm quoting a boxing gym, so of course I'm going to get it wrong. But it's like. <laughs> It's something to the effect of like, you know, when you're not training, somebody else is or something like that. Um, That's why I started – excuse me, I hiccuped. Um, That's why I started my podcast with my buddy Randy Wang because we constantly had to be working out because I knew – what i was supposed to be doing i was supposed to be communicating with people that's that's as far as i knew but that's what i there was no other choice that was who i was and that was what i was supposed to be so even if nobody was hiring me to do it i was going to create any opportunity i could to stay um sharp to sharpen my tools so when i was called up to the the big leagues i wouldn't go wait wait, wait i'm not ready i knew that um the opportunity was going to come. It had to, because I, I didn't want to do anything else. I did this, you know, 13 hours a day. I, so I knew at some point the odds were I was going to get opportunities and it would only be my responsibility, whether or not I was ready. Well, you so know, and it's, it's and funny too that,
0: that- Uh, sorry to cut you off. Um, yeah, it's actually interesting that you sort of led with, you know, I'm sure this isn't what you're looking for, but this is exactly what I'm looking for. Actually, we, we sort of are, are big believers in sort of the, uh, you know, the Corolla school of grit also over here. And both Mike and I have, uh, Long torrid history of sludging our way through through difficult things mm-hmm. to try and accomplish anything, yes. and uh, and so I actually love to hear that story.
2: Well, and, oh good, and oh, a lot good. of your it's listeners,
3: fantastic.
2: A lot of your listeners well, probably don't know the uh, you know I have to get up at two thirty in the morning and no. to get ready to do my <laughs> five o'clock show. You know, like the, the, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, it, it means a lot. Yeah. And, and and that's what got you from A to B is yeah. is that tenacity exactly. and that work ethic. And
3: basically. Yeah, it's like, it's like the duck, you know, swimming, you know, underwater. You are grinding, you're sweating, you're crying, you're doing everything you can underneath the water, but above the water, I'm just doing my job. Yes, sir. No, sir. Happy to do it. And come to me first because I will get it done. And the way I get it done, whether there's a couple of tears or a couple of sleepless nights, don't worry about that. That's for me to figure out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no. And I I think that's really good advice because I mean, of course, you're going to have those people that are the I want what you want sort of things. And I I know they've heard from their parents and their their aunts and uncles and their friends, you know, oh, well, it's hard work. You've just got to work hard, you'll get there. But I think the more we can beat that drum in general, I mean, maybe one day we'll convince society. But uh, but I think that message of work hard, get up early, stay late, you know, be the first one on on this place and the last one to leave. Yeah, I think all that kind of advice is really helpful. So I'm actually grateful to hear it.
3: Oh, good. And, and you know, I think my parents, well, they seem sort of special because I just, I haven't heard this particular very often, but, you know, in terms of like how they raised us or whatever, we were encouraged to be in the arts. We were encouraged to do whatever we wanted. My brother's a musician. I do this for a living. And I always did the, all the school plays and they were there every night with gigantic bouquets of flowers. And you'd think, uh, helicopter parents or, oh, precious little snowflake Gina. But, I didn't feel that way. It gave me confidence. And when I wanted to give up, every time I'd call my mom crying from New York or wherever, and I said, I don't want to do this anymore. That is when I became a brat. And that's when my mom reminded me, you know who you are. You've been doing this since before you could walk and talk. You go out there and you get your dream and Stop messing around, you know, wipe those tears and get back out there. And that meant so much to me because it wasn't like, well, you know, if you didn't waste your time doing theater, then maybe you'd have. It was never that. It was, honey, nobody believes in you more than I do. You know what you've been put on this earth to do. We love you. We know you're going to achieve it. Go get it.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's amazing. Really
3: sort of stern, but not stern, but like really solid confidence boost that I needed. It wasn't, well, I told you it wouldn't work or and they're all wrong. You're right. Everyone else is wrong. It was, <laughs> it was neither extreme. It was, yeah. no one has more faith in you than I do. Nobody knows how much you love this more than I do. And we got your back. Keep trying.
0: Yeah, no. And I, I think that's great. And I mean, you know, I guess not everybody has got, you know, parents that are so rock solid and, uh, and it nope, does seem like the, like the model nowadays really is the you're the victim. You could have been done, you know, you were robbed somehow of an opportunity or that guy just got it because he knew someone or whatever it is. And yeah, that wouldn't fly in the grad house. (laughs) Well, and that's fantastic. I think that's what sort of, you know, separates some people. I mean, there's internal fortitude, there's grit, there's all these different things, but I do think that having sort of external influence like that that will support you regardless of what it is. I mean, obviously you pursued entertainment, but it could have been whatever underwater basket weaving and your parents would have been underwater. Now,
3: yeah that that might have been a bridge too far although my parents are super nice <laughs> well, artistic, so maybe they'd be know? down
2: yeah <laughs> i like a good basket every now yeah, and then. right so <laughs> anyway
0: let's uh switch gears for a second before we run out of time with you um sure I, I know people you know they know you from broadcast they know you from radio that and uh but one thing maybe they don't know
2: is that you have some interesting
0: experience in voiceover also
2: actually Having, uh one of my roommates <laughs> um is big into Street Fighter, and when I, I actually <laughs> instantly thought of him when uh, when I saw that on your kind of Wikipedia page. Yeah, for folks
0: that don't know, yeah. Gina is uh, the voice talent for Rose, uh, character in Street Fighter Four. Also, she's been in a number of other games and, and things like that. And so, I just wanted to ask you: you know, do you enjoy voice voiceover? Is that a, a future direction? And has has being involved like in video game culture taking you any interesting or unexpected directions? You know, like Comic Cons or cosplay <laughs> events, things like that.
3: <laughs> um, yeah. Well, first of all, when I was sort of refining things from being a uh, trotting the boards on Broadway, I really did focus all of my attention on voiceover. Um, my, again, I come from a chatty family. My dad is in, you know, sports entertainment has been, you know, his entire life. Certainly, our entire life. And it just was. It's a comfortable place for us grads to be. So um, voiceover, I I love, and also I got somewhere along the line. I used to have a photographic memory. Now I have no memory. So anything that allows me to sit there and read the page off, read the words off the page has now become uh, something I am always interested in doing (laughs) as opposed to memorizing. But yes, I, I love doing voiceover. I love, you know, communicating and um and and it was my focus so how i got into that how i got into the world of video games out here was back in the day i guess 12 13 14 years ago when i moved here um there's Backstage Magazine and Backstage West, and Backstage West was for L.A., and you literally go buy it at the magazine stand, and you take it right home, and you spread it out on the floor, and you go to all the castings in the back, and you get your hard copy of your headshot and your hard copy of your resume, and you spent way too much money and collected way too much Hanukkah money and your hard copy of your voiceover CDs, and you just start mailing, and you do these huge mailings, and you send them out from your tiny bedroom. And I've done that dozens and dozens of times. And finally, randomly, because I was just so excited to, I felt like even though I was young and nobody wanted me for anything, I felt like I was a part of it because I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. So I was excited just to be sitting there on a Saturday doing my mailings. And I would have an endorphin rush every time I'd buy the Backstage West. And I just, I love that process. I love the the, the hope, the possibility that maybe it's this time, and you know, just being a little wide-eyed, Kansan. <laughs> um So, I finally got a call from this video game company to start doing stuff for them, and I loved it. And then uh, later, I auditioned for Street Fighter and got that. And I've gone to uh, a few Street Fighter events, which are so fun. Um, I'm not really good at video games. I don't understand first-person shooter because I can never get myself out of a corner. So I'm not really <laughs> good at it. But I love anyone who's excited about anything. So if I go to, like, a, you know, an event for, you know, Street Fighter or whatever, which I haven't done in a million years, I just love being around people who are excited. And if they're excited about something that I help participate in, that's great. I'm. It's not how I spend my time. It's just we didn't grow up with video games. But um, – But I'm down. I just like when people are happy. And if I had something to do with it, fantastic.
0: That's awesome. Well, hey, one more sort of parting shot and, you know, not to get too ethereal or or fluffy, but, you know, do you have any advice, you know, as a person who's sort of, you know, established at this point, has sort of overcome adversity, you've excelled in sort of a male-dominated field in radio, uh, and you found yourself getting to the point where you can actually sort of believe enough in yourself not to second guess – Uh, you know, but rather have faith in your ability. Can you speak at all to what got you there? I think a lot of people are quick to second guess, you know, I'm guilty of this a lot. And, uh, you know, I I mean, you exude a level of confidence and, and what I'm curious is, does it come from, is it just maturity? Is it just experience? Is it internal fortitude? Like, where does that confidence come from?
3: That's a really interesting question um, because I I know people like really hot chicks who are like, I was such a nerd. I really was. <laughs> also, like I am I really am a shy person. Like if I can get out of going, there, like there's no better plan than a canceled plan for me. <laughs> I just, I'd rather be home. I'd rather be by myself. I'd rather be with close friends. And in, in that way, I'm kind of an introvert. So I don't feel like that person, but... I have learned to be able to access that person. And um, and that was hard. That took time. But I think just coming from a theater background, or no matter how terrified you were, I used to actually, <laughs> if you want to get into some of my weekly therapy sessions, and uh, them, <laughs> um, I used to get really, really depressed on opening night of anything from high school on to college to New York. I would not be able to get out of bed. I would be so sad and depressed and I would cry and I couldn't figure out why nobody could. But I think I realized there was just a part of me, I I think I'm 50-50 introvert, extrovert. And that half of me that was introverted was terrified. I was too shy to use my training and to use my experience and get on that stage. And I was scared and I just didn't want to get up there. And the extrovert would have to push me out on the stage. And then I knew what I was doing, but I have always had that sort of fake it till you make it mentality. Like one side of my personality taking care of the other when the other couldn't take care of itself, if that makes any sense, not in like a three phases of Eve way, but in a, like, (laughs) where you just have to, you just have to engage the toggle switch to the side that's like, look, I got this and you just come along and smile and I got this, yeah. and I I find myself talking to myself. I really do.
0: Yeah, no, so, as a sixty forty introvert, I can I can relate.
3: And, and and people are like Gina, that's crazy, but it's true. And anyone who who spends time with me um, off the air, they they know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. My friends say that uh, you know I used to call, <laughs> used to torture her with this. I did this to a few people on a Friday night. I would call and or text because I wouldn't call, please, that's way too intimate. I would text and say, hey, what are you doing tonight? And my friend Jules would go, oh, nothing. Why? What do you want to do? Do you want to do something? I go, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not doing anything. I just want to make sure you aren't doing anything either. <laughs> That's
1: <laughs> I hilarious. I was serious.
3: And so she, they, their joke is, go sit on the other side of the room and tell me I'm pretty. So compliment me, but from afar, because I really do like to spend a lot of time alone. So I think just telling that part of my personality, I got it. It's cool. You're Okay you just come along for the ride and, you know, let me do the heavy lifting has really um, helped me get those reps in that Adam always talks about getting your reps. You got to get your, you know, 10,000 hours or whatever. You got to get your reps, your muscle memory. And now that I have that muscle memory, I only have, you know, the majority good experiences to look back on. So like, You know, when I say, I can't do this, I can't do this, I'm going to throw up. The second the mic goes on, I'm going to throw up. And I go, cool. Okay. So I talk to myself and ask, (laughs) real quick, just tell me the last time the mic went on and you threw up?
2: Never Um, happened.
3: Never. Okay. So, yeah, math would tell us that that's actually not going to happen. So now getting through those scary times, getting through those timid times, um, I just have the reps and I just, I, I trust myself now. And it took a long time.
2: That's awesome. So not, not trying to keep you much longer. We know you have a a short window of time. Um, What's next? I mean, you, you mentioned maybe books you got some charity stuff going on, more radio. Do you, uh, what's in the next 10 years for Gina?
3: I'll take all of it. (laughs) Um, I, I've always been, and I think it's probably the introvert side of me. I've always been a kind of a closet writer and um and a and a photographer, but everybody says that and yawn.
2: My Instagram um, is great. <laughs>
3: We're they, all photographers, dirty. You know? Yeah. But it's like <laughs> it's just something I got. I it's it's obnoxious. Um put it down, Gina. People have a life. Um but <laughs> when yeah, but writing is is something that I do a lot of and um I and it, I've always been encouraged to sort of put it out there in a more public way and I, for the life of me, couldn't figure out and still can't wait anyone would be interested in reading it. So, once I lock in what I have to offer in that format, um, I I really want to pursue that because it's just something I've always done. Um, But also because I have a great account on the morning show, I have a Subaru. And they lease it to me and I get to talk about the car and, you know, I endorse the car and I've done the Crosstrek. I've done the Impreza and they're just awesome cars. I've just been really lucky. To, hashtag it's like Subaru. A, uh, oh, yeah. Hashtag Subaru. <laughs> hashtag. Ad. I, I just I really I really lucked out getting to do that. And not only. Is it fun to drive a brand spanking new fun car? But because they are super into charity things, I've been exposed to so many different charities because that's part of what I do for them is highlight and spotlight different charities around Los Angeles. And that has opened my eyes in such a meaningful way. I used to tell my dad, especially when I was broke, I think I'm just going to go volunteer. And he'd go, Gina, I love your heart. That's great. But please put your – oxygen mask on before you put on someone else's you know like get yourself together and then you can go to all the soup kitchens in the world but you know, you know I, you need, I think you are in
2: that's amazing and
3: yeah you need to get your get yourself a little above water you know before you change course so now i'm in a position where All I do, you know, not all I do, but much of what I do for that campaign is to go help with Meals on Wheels, is to spotlight, you know, a million different charities, you know, for animals, for kids, for elderly. And it reawoken that part of me. And I really, one of my goals, and I've never actually told anyone this, but is to start a charity. And um, that will, I know it will be a focus of the second part of my life.
2: That's great. Yeah, Any, that's anything in particular that you're leaning towards? Any charity? You, you know, if you're to start one, what do you, what do you think you would do?
3: Um, you know, I I really don't, and this could change, but it's it's sort of weird. Maybe if I had my own, I wouldn't like them so much. But I <laughs> I love kids, and I have a very strong pull towards helping children, just because they can't help themselves. And I think we all have stuff in our past that we have to you know forgive ourselves for not being able to get ourselves out of or get somebody else out of. And it's just, you know, these things that can haunt you. And so to be able to do something to um, save a part of a kid that they could possibly lose, you know, by, you know, a trauma or by a bad decision or whatever it is. And, and, and just, just kind of save them a little bit. That is, um, that's something I get very emotional about. And um, it's, it's really where, My heart is I a girl um, I think it was two years ago now um, we found out uh, from a listener on the morning show that a girl had stage four leukemia and a different other uh, different kind of cancer and they were trying to raise money to give her a really great prom. And I went full force with this. I did this huge campaign and, you know, thank you to Mark Thompson who let me and who was a big part of it. And we gave this girl a freaking Disney princess prom night. That is the stuff that drives me. That is the stuff I will work on all night. I do it for the children's hospital. I do it for some of their smaller programs. And it just, there's, it's a bottomless pit of energy and time and things that I will never run out of if it's to make a kid have a better day.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, super cool. All right. Well, thanks, Gina, uh, so much. Let me just uh, do a couple quick plugs for you. You can connect with Gina at Gina Grad on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I follow her on Instagram, and it's amazing. I uh, If we do this again <laughs> sometime, we've got to talk Costa Rica uh and then oh my
3: god can we just do the costa rica cast
0: yeah of course what's the Coca- costa Yay. rica test cast, <laughs> oh, She's cast. Just, that's yeah, of all course. we want to talk about we, we ought to i think maybe we should re, uh record remote though from costa rica yeah. it's the only way to really
3: that would be amazing yeah it's the only yeah. way yeah, to I have get it. Idea. i think
0: so <laughs> i think you're right but you can hear gina every morning on the classic rock uh morning show on 100.3 the sound in sunny los angeles california and uh also each day on the adam carolla show So, and, uh, she's got a new website in the works. So keep your eyes peeled for the new dot com uh, in the not too distant future. So with that, thank you, Gina, for your, uh, your time and being so generous with it. We really appreciate it.
2: Yeah. We're, we're literally no one in the podcasting world yet. And just the fact that you said yes to coming on, we really appreciate that.
3: Well, I, I really, really want to thank you guys for, first of all, you are so far ahead of the game when it comes to prep, it kind of embarrasses me that I should probably work a little harder. Um, <laughs> and and I, 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 you obviously uh, know what you want and will continue. So I'll just stay out of the way and let you because you clearly know what you're doing and you're really good at it. All
1: thank right. You. Well,
0: thank you so much. We appreciate that means it. a lot. Thank you. Great. All right. With that... we we'll, um, uh, let you get to lunch. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. Gina Grad, everyone.
2: Gina Grad, everyone. That was an awesome little interview. What would you think, Ryan? Dude,
0: that was so fun. And uh, I, I really loved her sort of perspective on hard work and grit
2: and... All those
0: sorts of things.
2: I and, wanted. Uh, I had like a million questions I wanted to ask her, but it was only half an hour. I felt yeah. like, I didn't want to push her time because I know she's busy, but at the same time, I I wanted to. What do you think of this? What about this? What about that? As she was going along, and I had to literally just okay, yeah. let her talk.
0: Yeah, no, there's there's so much more I think in there, and and that was the thing. I had to keep biting my tongue, trying not to interrupt her. I still cut her off a couple of times, which kind of makes well, me ask. That's but, that's part but of. But the I was just like, ooh, process. I want to talk. Yeah. I want to talk. And you know, it would have been easier. In she's the, same the type room, of but,
2: personality though that she could have talked the whole time and. We could have said two words like yeah. she could have just gone with it and it was it, it was a really fun interview i'm glad we were able to line that up
0: yeah that was really fun and uh you know uh, as we mentioned at the end of the, the interview and we'll just sort of lump it in again with our plugs uh, once again that was gina grad uh, you can follow her at gina grad it's g-i-n-a-g-r-a-d on uh, twitter uh, facebook and instagram also uh you can hear her every morning on the classic rock morning show on 100.3 the sound in Los Angeles and uh also hear her each day on the Adam Carolla show yeah. and uh he-
2: i wanted to ask her about uh comedy yeah. You know, because that's, that's a whole nother world in and of itself and just, mm-hmm. you know, what it takes to get on stage and, you know, well, yeah, try and, and be funny. Yeah. And I mean, knowing
0: what I know about her, I mean, there's literally a hundred other subjects I would have liked to go into, but yeah. each could be its own show. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we made a good impression and hopefully we'll do it again. Sometime. Yeah. Maybe we can get her back on. Sometime. So, uh, I guess then, uh, to wrap up our show, let's just do our plugs real fast. We've got, uh, for more info on, uh, Ryan or, well, me or <laughs> our, on Ryan, yeah, on Ryan. speaking uh, r Ryan media group uh salt lake city or barcelona uh, it's r2mg.com you r2mg at r2mg on twitter or at r2 media group on instagram
2: and you can follow me at dj that's o-n-t-i-c all my social links are there i i would spout them off but i get them wrong so just go <laughs> to the website
0: and finally follow the show at eggscast.com uh you can find the show on itunes uh stitcher or you know anywhere good podcasts yeah. are sold everywhere. And uh and yeah, tell your mom, tell your friends, tell everybody, you know, let's get some some more people rallied around the show. And
2: follow go and hit up Gina and say, "Hey, yeah, let her know you awesome heard your episode here. and, you know, follow her on Instagram, like you said it's it's great content." It's yeah, lots of times. fun.
0: So, and uh and also you can catch us at Add Eggs show on Twitter and Instagram. So, uh with that, great show, man. Really really excited about this Really one. excited. So, so take care, guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.